0: Hello and welcome to Public Access America. This is Just The Tip. tip. Just The Tip. My name is Jason. We just finished up our YouTube live stream recording over on Public Access America like we do every Sunday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central Time. We talked to Karen from the Ear Kick app, and we learned about her, and I love this idea of seeing the world as more of a global community than a specific region. We all come from somewhere, but some of us come from more than one place, and seeing the world as just a bigger thing than we do now, I think is critically important, and that's going to be my tip. Thank you for listening to Public Access America. You can find our podcast anywhere you find your favorite podcast, like you've been doing, on Spotify, Apple, or even, for our disabled listeners, Victor Reader. Let's get into the show. Thanks for being here. Love ya. Just a tip, just a tip, just a tip, thank you.
1: It's time now for something positive.
2: We might be headed to the promised
0: land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. The
1: problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. Because that is how it works.
2: This is the beginning. It is not the finale. And that's why we're here. And that's why we rally, we rally, we rally, we rally. We
1: rally. We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. Find
2: minority. a way to minority. get
1: in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Well, Franklin, I know we've got to do something. Do something.
0: I was almost going to respond to the. Where am I? To the tweet. <laughs> I have about. five well, I can tabs. see you. <laughs> there it is. I have about five tabs open. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of Public Access America. My name is Jason, because that's what my mom named me. His name is Jeffrey, because that's what his father named him, and her name is Karen. And I think that's because that's what their parents decided on. Happy Father's Day and welcome to another episode. Karen from Ear Kick, I am so happy and excited to have you here. You started what is about two months of amazing shows for us because it just really highlighted mental illness and the importance of it and solutions to that. And it was all, it all culminated in like one thought, one idea. And I loved that. And I want to have you back on monthly if we can or bi-monthly, however we can to get you on the show just so that we can emphasize to people the importance of the solutions for their well-being. I'm calling it mental well-being now. I'm not calling it mental health.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's it's actually good to call it mental well-being. Um, not everyone is comfortable with, with that, uh, but I, I think we, we both mean the same. It needn't be all that, you know, negative and, and you know, burden kind of language. Right. Um, it's something we all have, right? And uh, mental well-being is more on a positive side on what we believe we can be and, and what we believe we can do with our own hands, right? right. So, yeah, I agree. Why not call it mental well-being?
0: That's the goal. That's where I'm aiming for.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, don't we all want everyone to be well? Mm
0: -hmm. You know, I think so. I just don't think I think the pressures of everything just tell us that we can be well once everything is done. You know, like it's okay for things to encroach on our well-being because, well, it'll be over soon and then we can get back and we forget that it scars us and leaves us wounded for the next adventure. But yeah. today I, I kind of wanted to, I wanted to ask, I'm sorry, Jeffrey, I, I wanted to ask Karen just some, I was reading her bio on Twitter and you're originally from Columbia and you ended up in Zurich. And a lot of people I'm noticing are upset with where they are they don't want mm-hmm. to change their surroundings and they don't feel that they can take a journey like that and so i'm just kind of curious why why you would make that journey what pushed you to what led you to uh new surroundings like that
2: oh well <clears throat> so i it's it's uh, i'm half colombian so okay. i i'm um, my mother is colombian my father is swiss okay uh, so i'm i'm what is called a col swiss Nice. And um I was born in uh, in Basel which is in Switzerland uh, because uh, of many reasons um I it, I was not able to grow up in Colombia. Oh okay. However, I grew up with um, you know like Colombians around me in Switzerland and I always felt odd cuz I was the only curly haired dark kid um, and it it felt like everyone, it felt like, like it was natural. But in the 70s, everyone was blonde, it seemed, mm. and blue-eyed. And they all had, you know, they were all kind of Swiss and had Swiss ancestors. So I was like the only what we call the, the black fly in the white milk.
1: Uh-huh. And
2: um, it, it made me really feel like I don't belong there. Um, so I, I, I made my way out of Switzerland by myself at 15. Um, and I thought at that time, very, very uh, naive, I guess. I thought going to America would solve the problem because it's a melting pot. I, you know, that's pre-internet. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it just sounded so fantastic. You know, all these, like, uh, people all coming to that country and, and you know, English being the, the common language and all these all these ideas, idealistic ideas I had. So I ended up um, in... Um, first in in denver colorado in in a black neighborhood um which was really interesting because then i i also felt like i was very different right <laughs> and then in uh, in uh, uh new jersey in the jewish neighborhood um i'm partly jewish but you know like it still felt very different so i realized slowly that it's not about looks or or religion or anything it's it, it's a it's a Global topic to find where you belong. It's it's not given, right? Nobody's right. going to make it for you. It's 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 part of identity forming, but also part of life to make some compromises and to and to you know to find inner peace with who you are and what you look and the cards you were dealt. I, you know, I've all my life I've been a heavy asthmatic. I didn't ask for that, right? <laughs> I didn't ask for yeah. asthma, but. At some point, you realize, yeah, it's part of who I am and it may be part of of, of a good part of me. So in the US, uh, then I had to go back um, to Europe uh, to after high school um, to finish my basically European high school. And then I went back to the United States, this time to uh, L.A. to study music. Wow. I'm a professional musician in my first life. And there, I had my first child very, very early, and I was a very yeah. young mom. Um, and I had to go back because it was the time of the riots in LA and the big mm. earthquake. So I was like, mm, maybe not have the baby grow up there.
0: But, um, but, so I, but I in, ended up in-, in LA that you found the melting pot you were looking for, right?
2: yeah they all speak, uh, spoke Spanish if you mean that yes, well, but you well know, it's, it's, it's a
0: it's a group of it, there's little communities of people, but they all intergate, they all interact they all yes. have lives separate from their identities yes, yeah that
2: is that is true, but you know that the problem that I was trying to solve. Is I thought at that time that it's all about uh, understanding each other's language or all about, you know, common ideas. And that's just part of the story. The, pro- the challenge is that people, we're, we're just, we, you know, we're not so good at always being at peace with mm-hmm. each other and with ourselves. And that's a challenge that's not purely solved by moving to another country. However, moving to another country—I moved then to Germany, and from Germany, and I moved to Singapore. You know, like I've had my share thirty years abroad, Um, and in every place I, you know, I landed, I was always very happy for the new adventures, Mm. and for like, it feels like having a a second, third, fourth chance at life, and that's wonderful. Um, the the downside of it is that you really have to compromise. I ha- I picked up eight languages on my way, and and you have to like you're not never going to be home home home. You're gonna you're gonna be a bit different, you know. Right. And what you learn is is a rich uh, set of skills uh, and on how not to lose yourself completely because you have a core identity, but also not to be stubborn and like reject other people. And, and that has made my life really rich. Now, to your question, why did I come back? Um, Singapore was my last uh, basically station, and I, I I thought, okay, I need to go back to Switzerland and make peace with the factors and and the things that made me go away, um, and that I was going to give it a shot. Uh, I also, I was I was uh, in uh, Impact Hub Zurich at that time, offered me. A position. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to try, right. And uh, my kids are grown up. So I didn't have to like move uh, the whole family oh. from one side to the other. And now I'm here, I still feel the nomad drive, you know, when the wind changed, and I still feel like oh, I like go somewhere else.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, and, and I live very close, like minutes from the lake. That's why my hair is wet. Uh, Zurich Lake. Um, it gives me a sense of like, I could go anywhere anytime. Uh, but for now, fingers crossed, I have held out here for a good three years, four years, I believe. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's good. I I would encourage anyone to try. I know I was very lucky to have the opportunity to, to go other countries. But there is always a way you can make it somewhere else. Um even if it's just exposing yourself for a while and then coming back. Yeah. Uh, and and it's just good for us, you know, to see that not everything revolves our, our, around <laughs> ourselves and our problems. Not everyone observes you all the time. And, you know, it's sometimes good to just be a nobody yes. somewhere.
0: Some humility, right? It's,
2: yeah. And I know it's great also because you can rewrite your story a little bit. You know, if you feel that people are unfair to you in one place, and that they must misjudge you, you can start anew in a new place and you can rewrite your story and you can make new friends. And it, nothing that is uncomfortable over the long haul needs to stay that way. You know, you're like, you're in the driver's seat of many things, not everything, but of many things. Right. You, know? you are in the driver's seat. Yeah. I
3: love so that. I've got to ask, Jason, did you somehow get a hold of my German thesis? From ten years ago, twelve years ago, German? when you, I
0: dox you, I dox you. I've been doxing you for two years, buddy. I know everything.
3: Yeah, yeah. Getting, getting, can Danish, Dutch fashion. Um, is our academic. But that's okay. Very
1: good,
2: but hello.
0: We have a big listenership in Germany, so <clears throat> danke <schön>. you do?
2: <laughs> yeah. oh, then I ich to hear from you. Yeah, uh, that's great. Uh, I didn't know that. So, what, what was your thesis about in German?
3: So, my German thesis was actually on um, uh, Turkish and uh, and Greek. Uh, the basically the lack of a home that they that a lot of the population feels they have post the mm-hmm. Gasta by the Pilgrim. And mm-hmm. so, I really dug into what were the similarities between the, the Turkish and Greek experience. And immigration in the United States and what that looked like. Wow! Wow! And, that, and that's s- amazing. So, for my research, what I ended up doing was, I ended up reading a bunch of different authors that were, you know, German and, so German and Spanish, German and mm-hmm. Japanese, uh, mm-hmm. German and Greek, German and Turkish, and compared that to, you know, how, you know, I would say what we would, you know, what we would call the DACA kids and you know other you know people who have immigrated to the united states mo- mostly focusing on uh, the southern border mm-hmm. and how you know for the turkish and greek um people you know they didn't feel at home in germany because you know there the there's a lot of the german laws that don't apply to them like You know, they're not, they're never going to be, you know, quote unquote, civilians of the country. Germany is a land for the Germans. That's the way that their constitution is written. But because they grew up in Germany, it was the closest thing to home that they had, and a lot of the times when they would go back home, quote unquote, back home to, to Greece or to Turkey they weren't looked at as Turkish or Greek either because they had grown up in Germany. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, they could be fluent speakers, you know, and they wouldn't necessarily even sound like they have any type of an accent in their, in their home language, because, you know, they grew up with Turkish and Greek parents, Mm -hmm. but because of the fact that, um, they, they didn't belong to German society, and they didn't belong to Turkish or Greek society. They never felt like they were at home anywhere. And so, uh, so it's kind of like a what I what what I kind of called uh, Heimlosigkeit. And so, just you know, it's it's a it's a uh, it's a very interesting experience of you know, it's not homelessness as we would think of in American context, but in a in a fact that you just uh, uh, don't belong anywhere, and there was a, uh, an author, I believe, uh, his name was Jose Efa Oliver, he was Spanish and German, um, he was a poet, and he kind of talked about this in a little, in one of his poems, where, you know, he wasn't necessarily Spanish, but he wasn't necessarily German either, and he kind of coined a new word that doesn't, you know, didn't really exist in German, but You know, the lovely thing about languages is that you can create language and create meaning behind it. And so he called it Heimatslos. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's that lack of a homeland Mm -hmm. and that feeling of never really belonging.
2: Uh, It's so related to that Heimatlos. I I used to call myself Heimatlos. Even though I, you know, I, I have two passports and you know, officially I belong to both countries, Colombia and mm-hmm. Switzerland. But it's that feeling, and you know, af- after giving it many, many thoughts, and and living in Germany, I, I, I firsthand saw saw that that play out in in the Turkish, um, you know, uh, second generation, basically. Uh, not so much in the Greek, where I stayed in the north for 20 years in Germany, uh, but I it, I felt this hymen, those, and. Um, I decided at some point that I was going to turn this, this pain or whatever, you know, like that, that longing into something positive. And uh, the way I I told my children, I taught them, it was like, I'm no longer Heimatlos. I am a bridge now. Like I'm okay with being between between two pillars. I'm okay because I'm good at this bridging, you know, And, and people love bridges. So yeah. I'm I'm I, I'm gonna stop longing for being like one side or the other. I'm gonna focus on being that bridge, and that helped me. You know, yeah. it helped me. Nowadays, I call myself a nomad, but I it's not comparable to what some uh, Turkish people and Greek people experience in Germany. Um, there's also other other like, other citizens that do get a passport, by the way, it it's not impossible nowadays to become a German. but it's still just a passport, you know mm-hmm. it's not in that, it's not something that you can it's not a second layer of skin or something. you right, know it's right. just a passport. and you you have to find your you know your inner peace with it um,
1: definitely. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> S- Syrian refugees changed the face of Germany in a very positive way. And so yeah. I, I think Germany's realizing that, you know, a little inclusion here and there is a good thing, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, it takes me a little longer, but yeah, uh, yeah. They, I think at least the younger generation woke up to the fact that it's actually their luck that like there's people coming. It's the same in Switzerland. We, we had uh, a lot of people from um, um South uh, from uh, yeah, like Tamils come over Mm -hmm. and it was a huge discussion and, you know, it added to my anger about why we're not so international here back in the the 70s 80s. And now when I came back after so many years to live in Switzerland, you know, these people who were at the total bottom of society and, you know, the Swiss wouldn't even talk to them sometimes because Mm -hmm. for them, they were like under
1: wow. dogs
2: whatever um, and the fun thing is you can't stop them from going to school from becoming really good from then becoming directors of banks okay. and executives and when I came back and saw all these the children of the people who had to flee to Switzerland being in these huge positions being in the army leading leading other people and, and speaking Swiss, you know, like funny language. I was like, okay, good. You know, we're getting healthy here.
0: Thirty <laughs> percent of Zurich is uh, foreign, and I like that. Yes, and you—they have um, Switzerland has four languages. So four national languages: German, yes. French, um, Italian, and what is that? Romansh. Rum- okay. Romansh.
2: It's a—it's a—it's a very old la- or it's a very strange language. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, on, I only understand, but I can't speak, and it's uh, only spoken by the people in the mountains, kind okay. of. Okay. And, and within the the official language, there is six or more, I, I like we call uh, idioms,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: differences between them, and um, it's it's a cultural treasure. But to be honest, within Switzerland, if you if we don't speak one of the other languages, which we are actually required to. We just turn to English, so you will hear yeah. a lot of English spoken. In the German part, we speak Swiss, which is like.
3: Schweizer um, Deutsch, yeah. Ja.
2: Schweizer Deutsch, exactly. The Germans don't I understand, you, but we understand. It. <laughs> it's perfect. And then there's French, and then there's Italian, then there's Romance, and there's uh, Roman. and yeah, we're required to learn French, but only French. And the French, the French-speaking part is required to learn. German and we mutually hate it of course in school (laughs) (laughs) and now the young generation they all speak English so you don't even bother to try to to you know do something with your rusty French or rusty uh, German because everyone is really fluent in English it's amazing yeah not sure if that's good or not but it is what it is I think
0: yeah. America could take an example from that. Yeah. Zurich is a mini growing melting pot and it's like yes, its mm-hmm. conditions suit that. I mean, how many how many languages nine did you say languages that you no, speak? No, eight. Eight. I can barely eight. speak one.
3: <laughs> I've I've got two under my belt and I can understand a handful of others. I can understand Philippine uh, Tagalog a little bit, but I can't oh, wow. I can't speak too much
0: Tagalog.
2: It's not easy, Tagalog. It's got some Spanish in there. I don't understand it either, only the Spanish words.
0: Right.
2: Oh, well, <laughs> you know, Zurich had to become that because uh, it's, you know, we've got Meta here, we've got Apple here, we've got Microsoft here, we've got Google here. A lot of big tech companies has have chosen to come to Zurich for couple of reasons one being uh the nearness to uh very well educated students the eth is one of the best uh, university is in the world and then there is the quality of life and if you want good talent to stay you gotta offer them something so uh it's it's not so much the lake which is beautiful but the 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 circumstances, it's very safe. You know, you can leave the doors unlocked and et cetera I, that get people to want to be in Switzerland. And that's an advantage in Zurich right now, because Meta is setting up uh, a lot of,
1: you
3: know, uh, I feel like Karen is trying to recruit me in a way to move to Zurich.
2: <laughs> yeah, you have to make, you know, you have to come over and, and get going because I might leave.
3: There
1: you go. <laughs> you, the,
2: your ears. No, I mean, really come over. really come over you'll be my guest I mean that's my Latino part of me is like you all come to my house (laughs) there's always some space
0: (laughs) that's how I feel I love that but I think it's important and Jeffrey you've moved around a lot too but I think I I have too I just don't feel settled in any one place you know and I I think that's grown for me to see more of a global community because I want I want to feel settled where I am. And I can't do that by saying I'm from Florida. But if I say I'm from earth, well, yeah, now I feel settled. I'm in a good place, right where I
3: should be, you know. For me, it's always been like uh, when I've moved to different places, there are different aspects of the community that I'm around that, you know, you can find home in. Right. So like growing up in Montana, being a Montana is, is, is a strange thing in and of itself because we always, no, no joke, wherever we go, we always seem to find each other. It's, it's the weirdest shit ever. It's, it's not a big state. There's only like a million people in the entire state Yeah. yet somehow we always find each other no matter where we go. I have run into Montanans in, in Arizona. I've run into Montanans in DC of all places. Um, I've run into Montanans in California, you know, a few weeks ago, I went out to the gun range and I ran into a couple of people who, <laughs> um, you know, I ran into a couple of Montanans, one who's, you know, literally, you know, maybe a couple hours from my hometown and another, and another, uh, couple of people who, you know, uh, they're from here, but kids going to school at Montana state. And so, you know, it's, we, we just have this weird ability to find each other. Uh, and I don't know how to explain it other than that. We all just kind of get each other, um, yeah. but but in, in a million
0: people say, "Hey, I got an idea." It's so easy for those million people to hear it. Hey, I'm going right. to go to Washington State. Suddenly, twenty thousand Montanans hear that that's the <laughs> thing to do, and but, you all go to Washington State, and then you get together, and you're like, "Hey, I think Arizona's nice," and then you all end up down there. But serious. you know what?
2: I just read something interesting. I, I didn't finish it, but um, like kind of like the headline was like the billionaires are moving to montana and mm-hmm. you know they're learning the fish and all that mm. what, what what's going on there well i have to it's a
0: really now? it's
3: a really great state with it's wide open it's just really so the thing about montana is is that um at least i i would say up until recently you know montana was always one of those places where people kind of ended up finding their connection to nature and being outside. Yellowstone's partly there, right? Partly. Um, but everybody found something different. And, you know, if you grew up there, you kind of understand it. You may not exactly enjoy the politics, but there's just something about the place and the people, the people are friendly, uh, you know, for the most part, and everybody's kind of got a, you know, You know your business is your own my -hmm. business is my own we kind of just leave each other alone and we're friendly along the way one of the funniest things uh like uh when i was in college i took my buddy travis back to montana to go hunting on my ranch and as you know we're in this two lane road you know out in the middle of eastern montana you know as we're driving by some person you know passes me and i you wave at them and they wave at me and we just keep going and my buddy travis goes Oh, did you know that person? And I went, Nope. And and he was just like taken aback by the fact that I would just wave at a stranger. It's like it's <laughs> Montana. Like you know, we wave at each other because yeah. the chances are that you're gonna see another car coming down this road anytime <laughs> in the next hour is probably pretty small. <laughs> you know, yeah. or or you know, like for me growing up in Montana, if there was if somebody was broke down on the side of the road, you stopped and you helped them. Right. That's just, just how you did yeah. it. Like like yeah. and 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 people who weren't from montana didn't understand that so like there was one time where you know there was an elderly couple that you know i was driving back uh from from one of the towns and i encountered an elderly couple that had broken down on the side of the road they weren't from montana they were they were from a larger city and how they were on my stretch of highways i don't even understand that but So I I pull over to help them out and, you know, they were very suspicious of, you know, my help. And, you know, as a kid, I didn't necessarily understand that because this was just what I grew up doing. Somebody broke down, you helped them. That was just all there was to it. And so we get to talking with them, you know, they're not from here at all. Um, And I said, well, the closest shop is going to be, you know, about 10 minutes into town. And, you know, it was like a hundred plus degrees that day. Their car is not running. I'm like, look, I got air conditioning. Why don't you lock your car? Get in with me? I'll take you into the shop. we'll go we'll uh, we'll figure out how to get your car towed in and at least get you out of the heat because it's it's pretty it's pretty oppressive when it gets up over a hundred. Hmm. Yeah. so get him in so I get him into the shop and I you know grabbed you know Scotty, who was the head mechanic there at the time, and asked him if he had a trailer that you know we could get their car up on no, so we go to go to my shop because you know this is literally small town America. so the the gas station slash mechanic shop in town doesn't have a tow truck and it doesn't have, you know, uh, a trailer that we can put this, this vehicle up on. So we literally just go to, you know, my farm shop, grab my, you know, our farm trailer and we go out there and we grab this vehicle, get it up on, on the trailer, get it hauled into the shop, drop it off. And the thing is, is like, you know, most people like at this point, you know, somebody's one of you two is probably trying to figure out, so how much did you get paid for this?
2: Yeah. What's it going to cost?
3: <laughs> I didn't get paid anything for it because this is just what you do. That's just yeah. what you do. Yeah. 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 You know, somebody needed help. You just help them. That's just how it is. Yeah. You know, you weren't, you weren't thinking about, you know, Oh, I'm going to get paid by this couple or Oh, the shop's going to pay me, you know, gas mileage for towing. That's just not how it works. I mean, even when we worked cattle, You couldn't pay people to come help you work cattle. But if you said beer and pizza at the bar, Mm -hmm. you'd have more trucks and trailers show up than you needed.
0: (laughs) Because it's better to be a part of a community than isolated and rich, you know?
1: So,
3: and and so Montana, you know, it's, it's weird. There's the sense of community of, Hey, I help you. You help me. We just kind of do whatever. But then you also have this, I do my own thing. You do your own thing. We really don't, you know, right. At least that's the way that it used to be when I was a kid. You Karen, know. Yeah. Karen mentioned in LA that she was
0: in a black community and that felt like weird. I, I, that was in Denver. Yeah. Oh, in Denver. I did, Older, yeah. I did that myself, you know, because of income, I'm on disability. I can only afford certain housing. And that was how Jeffrey described it. Once people mm-hmm. knew that I wasn't there to judge them and that I mm-hmm. would leave them alone if they had a fight, we were friends and I would give, I got too much Costco one day and I left it on their doorstep and they came down and they were like, why'd you do this? And I was like, cause I bought too much. I didn't see the sizes. I don't need a thousand (laughs) (laughs) Bars." Right. And, And so they came down and they were like, Hey, it was two for one pizza. So they gave me some pizza and eventually they didn't, they didn't hate me. They didn't, they weren't worried about who I was. They were just happy mm-hmm. to know that I was around. And then when something happened, they would come to me and say, hey, could you go talk to the landlord for us? <laughs> because they thought I was friends with the only other white guy they knew.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing is, you know, uh, in any case where humans need to behave, in... no matter what color, right. no matter what background, whatever. Yeah. It's the behaving part. And you, you got to earn the trust. Because it just seems like if you look like your neighbor or your neighborhood, it's going to be easier. It's a complete illusion. Right. You know, we, we need to earn our trust. And it's just more obvious when somebody looks different. When I was in Singapore, you know, all Asians, I didn't at that time didn't understand the word of Chinese. And I was like, I, I feel like I feel like, I'm, you know, from Mars. Right. And and everything feels different, uh, but it. I was like, okay, you know, like I'm gonna start small. I'm gonna try to speak a few words and make a fool of myself. You know, that's human, right? And, but and they
0: care that you're we, trying. They hear that and they're like, oh, that's funny, but thank you, because <laughs> you're paying to be a little.
2: Honest, they, yeah, you're giving they a little respect,
0: right? Yeah. When Once they they you start English trying, English. then they try, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Now, now
2: it's it's a good experience. I uh, to be honest, I think every young person who can afford or, you know, do a, a year out outside of their own country or state, yeah. go do a social work, something like that. It's, it's, it's great. It's a bit hard in the beginning, but it, it's probably the best year you'll have in your life. Yeah. I sent my daughter when she, she when she turned 18. First thing I, I did, I sent her to Colombia to Cali, wow. very violent city, to work in a slum for, for a year. And I told her, you can come back, if it's too tough. It was the best year of her life. She didn't earn a dime. But she <laughs> she I, I I mean she she when she tells about it, it's like she was in heaven uh, in some paradise. It was just because the community there, because you know, poor people uh, and, and she 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 was there helping. Um they they just had an amazing community. They had, they had I said, What did you do? I mean these guys have no money to go out. And she said, Oh mom, I mean, we just always played with something we had so much to talk about it was so we i was never lonely she said you know there was not this oh you know doom scrolling or 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 sitting in front of a tv all day just doesn't happen you know for for many reasons and i think every young person should really go it doesn't have to be working this lump. but doing something that you might not be able to do later when you have responsibilities and jobs and kids and whatnot early on
3: that's a good one i I think one of the biggest so one of the biggest things for me like because i always wanted to be a world traveler is is that growing up very very poor Mm -hmm. it is just not possible the fact that i got i only got to go to japan because i had a buddy who worked for the airlines and he got Mm -hmm. steep discounts on tickets and so we ended up like i ended up being able to get a um, business first class round trip ticket to japan for 115 wow. bucks there you go amazing so it's like I could the opportunities say no. you get right i couldn't say no yeah. uh, but but if you were to but at, you know but if you were to tell me that it's like oh hey you need to go see this place you know at the time those tickets cost, you know, $1,300 round oh. trip. And I couldn't, I could barely afford rent as it was, yeah. right. you know, I, I, I really took a hit on that one to go, but it was so mm-hmm. worth it. I yeah, agree. It you is. know, I,
0: I think P I think children nowadays, they forego the challenge for the mediocrity of consistency. And so they live in a sort of boredom because they're never challenged. And then once they are, when they're 40, they're upset about it. But I think <laughs> like what you did with your daughter is you said here, here's going to be a hardship and yeah. you're going to overcome it. And the lesson that you're going to learn from being scared and then overcoming something is something you can take in your future. When you realize yeah. things are different and I'm alone, but that's okay. Yeah. Cause I've been there before and I survived.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: yeah yeah it's it's not for every child i'm sure or a young no. person but right. the ones that are kind of willing to go we should really make it possible yeah. um yeah and you know the other way to to travel uh uh is is to read uh like, oh, like all that. my childhood i read a lot i i i read myself to an artist and back i read myself to the kilimanjaro i'm back you know like so uh if If you can't um, travel for financial reasons or whatever it is, or maybe you can't let Mm. someone, you know, that you're in in charge of be alone, at least turn to books. Yeah, because that's you, you can just disappear for hours
0: <laughs> or podcasts <laughs>
2: Podcasts also good also good i mean podcasts didn't exist at that time right. uh, but yes but podcast is a good one too
0: i love it and I,
2: just listening to the sounds of a different country or the sounds of a different language that that also that that does something to your soul it agree. does something to your mind right
0: yeah, yeah. i think we're so I think we want to be self-isolated so that we can feel superior. We were talking about foods, and what I thought of was, what do white supremacists eat? Because the melting pot of America gives us our foods.
3: They eat crow.
0: They have to, (laughs) because there's nothing else American except possum? Like... that I can think of that wasn't an influence from another country.
3: So from yeah. Oh I mean like you know the language we speak isn't even our own. It comes right. from England. Exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, and the
2: English and the English the language is a mixture of German and French. So here you go. You know and you can and Latin. you can
3: Yep. Lots of German, French and Latin and even German is a mix of German and Latin and um you know it's for me like especially like where i studied german linguistics uh, a lot and you know can go back and i can read old english and old german and how and i can understand where the language started to split and how Uh it became different like it's it's really interesting to see that but also too like in my own experience there's some there are just some things that if you understand community at all you find experience and relatable experience so like when i moved to phoenix the number of people of color that i was around was more than i would ever been around in my entire <laughs> life i have always said that where i grew up it was whiter than a snowball in a blizzard right mm-hmm. you know but when i moved down to phoenix now you have a heavy latino community a mm-hmm. uh, heavy hispanic community and it's like what if, you know i feel a little out of place in a lot of ways but I ended up getting invited, you know, to a few different family functions. Yeah, because they'll feed you. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll feed you, and, and I luckily make friends very easily. Right. But having grown up in a large Catholic family, you know, a lot of them are Catholic. Mm. And so there was a lot of things that were very familiar to me because they were a large catholic family you know the large gatherings the food just the having fun with family like mm-hmm. i felt more at home with with those friends than i did with most of the white people i met when i was living in phoenix you know why <laughs> because it felt it felt familiar because you earned it because it wasn't just people that were supposed
0: to like you it was people that decided hey We want to like this guy. And that feels so Mm -hmm. good, you know, Mm -hmm. to go out on your own and not know anybody and then meet somebody and be like, that's my friend. I made that myself. That's Mm -hmm. not like an extension of somebody I knew, right? That's, that's really neat.
2: Yeah. You know, the food part is so important. Um, you know, people bond over food mm-hmm. and if uh, it's something that everyone has to do, you know, eat is something that you do every day. Right. And I think a lot of conflicts can be just, you know, resolved <laughs> over good, a good potluck. A good, I love potlucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because, because it, it you know, it, it it gives you something to talk about. It's all your senses are involved and there is no right or wrong. It's like, you know, like, Yep. It's interesting. you you try this, and oh, oh, that's how you do the chicken. Or, oh, that's how you do this, this and this vegetable. Mm-hmm. And it there's a mutual curiosity mm-hmm. and 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 wanting to know more that is the opposite of being judgmental and the opposite of being distrustful or you know, like expecting others to be bad. right. So food goes a very long way. and uh, it's something that, you know, every culture found out that food food, kind of appeases people and we should do more of that you know if I mean we have a lot Zurich has a lot of Ukrainian uh, refugees now thank God I mean it's I can't wait for this mix to come out right and I I, I can't wait to see their cuisine take a hold here and enrich Mm. what we eat here I can't wait and all these people that are bringing me new ideas on how to how to cook food? How to how to mm-hmm. you know what is uh, what is tasty to them? What is a dessert? What is a, a, a hors d'oeuvre? You know, right. so cool. And I think it's it's the common things, the, the 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 mundane little things, that help you overcome certain barriers of identity
3: or mm-hmm. prejudice,
2: whatever it is. Agreed. Food is a good one.
3: Yeah. And that's I think I think that's been like one of my favorite things about being able to move between large cities is I've gotten to try a lot of different food. That I, mm-hmm. I would have never imagined, you know, uh, you know, for me, it was actually finding good Mexican food in, in Arizona. And then up here, it's been I've gotten to try any number of different fantastic things like uh, great Indian food. I've gotten oh. to try um, great Vietnamese food. I've gotten to try... Um, Oh, uh, he loves his German food there. I I do love, and that's, you know, I think that's probably one of the more interesting ones is because, like, you know, Debbie is, you know, Debbie has this fantastic palate that can taste everything, but the excitement Debbie gets for German food is, like, unparalleled in a lot of ways I love that you know and it's and it's and it's so funny because like a lot of the stuff that it's it it's very close to a lot of the stuff that I grew up eating because family's very German so you know there were certain things that I just you know I was used to eating right Um, comfort yeah. And, or, you know, it was very close to those things. So like, you know, having, you know, having some of those dishes, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I grew up with, you know, dishes that were very familiar to this mm. um, or very similar to this. And so for me, it's like, you know, it just kind of felt like, like another region of home in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. you know, you <laughs> having German food is just like, oh yeah, no, this totally would seem like something that would have been on my, you know, in, in on my plate somewhere. I love that my like my
0: my my aunt my grandmothers they're all from norway hi norway by the way they are (laughs) they are the country that is listening to us the second most to the united states so i love norway norway Norway. Norway. i love you norway (sighs) Norway. my my (laughs) great aunt um signy godey and my grandmother they were from norway and my aunt would give my mom these cookies, Fuddimen, every Christmas, but she wouldn't give them to anybody else. And then one day, my mom let me have one. And I was like, this is dry. It, like, this is star anise in dough, right? And I was like, this is dry. But then about 20 years later, I, I asked somebody from Norway, I want fuddy men like I really, I just really and they gave me the recipe and I made it and it, it felt like home and then I gave that to the people that at the party I was with and they all loved it and they asked me to make that still because now it feels like home to them and I love mm-hmm. that that idea yeah. of You bring your food. I brought mashed potatoes to a Filipino potluck, and the best thing was in the morning to see four or five Filipinos around the table using spices on their mashed potatoes like did you try the garlic i love it did you try the lemon pepper yeah what is this what is this mashed potato thing jason can you make more <laughs>
3: it's funny yeah you, yeah well, mashed potatoes aka irish guacamole right what we always call it irish gu- oh i've never heard that one.
2: But one. <laughs> yeah. Oh
3: that's, my god that's so funny though but but i mean realistically like that's potatoes are one of those things. Like I think so many different cultures have, have potato as a part of their diet. Yeah. And, and it's so funny like to learn, you know, what everybody else does with their potatoes, because it's like, here's this food that I've had in so many forms and I've yet to really have a bad potato experience. Right. But I have realized that my potato experience is extremely limited. <laughs> and now it's like, I just want to try all the different potatoes because, yeah. oh man, yeah, because it just kind of seems like everybody has their own, their own take on the spicing, their own take on the right. cooking, their own take on, and, and, and every time you have it, like I have yet to, I've yet to really go. Nope. I think the only one that I've ever really had an issue with is potato salad. You know at least american potato salad which is like you know not really you know the potatoes aren't really cooked all that well or, <laughs> and it's, and just it's mostly in just right? m- mostly just mayonnaise and mustard yeah. and yeah. maybe some like really nasty onion but germ like when <laughs> so it, when i was in college one of my german friends was like oh i'll bring potato salad and i'm like mm. yeah no i don't like potato salad it's pretty nasty <laughs> and and she looks at me and goes But you've never had german potato salad have you and i went
2: that's something else
3: and i Mm. went wait the germans have their own potato salad (laughs) i am intrigued (laughs) and it turns out i actually really like german potato salad oh yeah Yeah. Yeah.
2: there's so many varieties of that you know the the fun thing is that um in our team uh, at earkick we're 10 nationalities and Mm. i dream of having everyone because some of them i have never met in person Uh, of like having a retreat where we have uh, a kitchen it can all be tents or whatever but good kitchen and then we're going to do exactly that there's going to be potatoes (laughs) one day and everyone does uh, one kind of potatoes favorite one then there's pasta maybe and then there's pizza maybe and it's just going to be all around food and and, you know spices and have what's the best hack here and yes. that place it it not only is good for you as, as a as a team but it also plays with your create a creativity with your imagination and imagine all these developers and techies and cooking you know mm-hmm. and then going 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 home very uh at least me a very uh inspired to to yeah, to try out all, all these things. So I can totally relate to it. Oh
3: said. yeah, take something that's so familiar to you, AKA the potato, yes. but then find out that, you know, the way that you have interacted with the potato is now like just one tiny little sli- sliver of how you can interact with potatoes in general.
0: Yeah, I had that the Indian food I had had potatoes in the, in the stuffing, yeah. chickpea stuffing. I loved it because I love chickpeas. And I, I didn't know they had potatoes in India. It just fascinated me that it was in mm-hmm. there and it fit perfectly. There was yeah. there was about forty ingredients and none of them were unnatural. You know, it it was like mint and sage and all these in cumin and oh, it was just so good i love i yeah. loved and i loved learning that the potato was there
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and then there's you know the, when once you get into talking about food making food sharing food breaking the bread together there's just very little room for judgment and yeah. for peakiness and and you know all these ugly sides that we can have right yeah. so
1: yeah
3: <laughs> i think I must- and, and- I think that's been one of the, like, at least in this house, one of the things that we've always said is you've never met somebody who's angry and eating tacos at the same time. Right? <laughs> like, there's just something about tacos that, you know, whenever you're interacting with people who are also eating tacos, they tend to be pretty chilled out. Um, you Agreed. know. Agreed you know and that's and the glorious thing is is that you know tacos are another one of those things you can do so many different things with them yeah. like oh, yeah. i would have never imagined vegetarian tacos tasting good oh, but there yeah. i was on a at a street you know at a street truck in california having vegetarian tacos and i was like oh these are actually really awesome mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know it's it's you know and that's the glorious thing is is that you, you can take some one simple thing and figure out how to include so many different people you know potatoes are vegetarian but it, by adding you know meat you've got the meat eater side by mm. adding you know by keeping dairy out you can keep you know help the people who can't do dairy by adding certain spices you know for example turmeric is one of our favorites you know turmeric yeah. is great for you know inflammation you know they're just you can figure out so many different things to do with all of these things and it just kind of shows you hey you know this is one little piece of the puzzle of inclusion right mm-hmm. there's so many it foods is. that do so many
0: different things and we have so many problems that could just be solved by that i want to get <laughs> i actually had that all planned for the second hour sneak peek by the way and i want I, so i do want to turn because uh karen mentioned ear kick and i just saw a tweet that said there is a lot of advancements at Ear Kick that we need to talk about. So I'm kind of excited to hear more. I want to say, yeah. I want to say happy Father's Day to my, to my daddy Kai. And um, I had Kai download the Ear Kick app and so that they could be on the show. She, she could be on the show, but uh, she has a family dinner and this was we're going to have her on with you next month and we're going to discuss how it is because Kai not only is a member of the LGBT community being ace, but she's also legally blind and amazing mm-hmm. and independent and funny as heck. So I wanted her opinion on it. She's also very musical great. and I wanted her to oh. use find the ambient mixer. <laughs> oh,
2: great. That's cool. But she has a yeah. lot
0: of stresses. Um, She has a lot of young people are looking to identify with certain spectrums and so when they find one they're finding where they want to be on it so nobody is mm-hmm. anything but discovering that little parts of you may be are interesting and that's what kai taught me and she's using the ear kick app now so what is she that's getting? amazing what is she finding now that she well heard?
2: first of all for the ones that have been using it before we had a rebrand so you see that we have yes, a you panda did. now yes mm-hmm. And uh, just, you know, why it's when you're struggling with um, anxiety, you know, stress, uh, depression and, and going through hard times, it's you need some empathy and you won't find it all the time. So we we came up with Panda uh, the ear, ear kick is a panda Aww. and it, it's this very little ball, you know, and it's the characteristics of a Panda that are important because Well, they're not just sweet. They're also, you know, their presence makes you be chilled. Uh Then there are some, sometimes they're clumsy. A lot of people who struggle with mental health or or other issues feel like um, people judge them because they're awkward or whatever, you know? Uh And here's this, animal that's amazingly clumsy but so sweet and the whole world loves it right so you know clumsy is not equal as bad right right it has attentive ears you know and it's a very good listener and you know it's internationally loved they the panda likes as an animal likes to be it needs a lot of time alone but it's still a social animal uh, other than people sometimes uh, think so it strikes the balance between needing me time and also being a good comrade right right it is witty it is it is more intelligent than most people think hence the clumsiness has nothing to do with intelligence and it needs you know a lot of time to digest food to, to digest things right and and that's why it sleeps a lot and the you know they hug they're, they're known for hugging. Aww. They they hug for reassurance and for safety, but they don't want to be hugged all the time. And you know they're playful and curious, but they can also be angry and they can be sad. You know, so I thought it's when we came up with the panda, it, it needed to be us. It needed to be all of us mental health warriors and mental health advocates. And it, you know, next to that, we we gave him a little scar across the heart Aww. because panda is has been you know it's a true mental health warrior it has been hurt but not broken we we all have been hurt and if we haven't we will be hurt but we will never be broken and that's why it has this uh this scar and it lights up when it's angry and it has a little star in its ear because because to symbolize you know the goals and the and, and the things that the panda can do And the user can do on their own so you know you have this this toolbox these stars that help you in the ear or outside to manage you know daily life when it gets stressful when anxiety hits when panic hits whatever and so that's one thing so the panda is new people really love it i have like a GIF out uh, on reddit that that does belly breathing where the belly kind of swells up really Yeah, because it makes you uh, it makes you um, calm down immediately. It's rather than telling people now you need to breathe. You just look at it and it it does it in front of your eyes. And just looking at it makes you stop and calm down a little bit. So that's a panel. And then we uh, we introduce streaks because people it's it's not like it's it's super easy to log your mood and, and do a few things but to keep it up you kind of need it you need a you know a reminder you need a bit of gamification so we have streaks and you can yeah you, you, ha- you can have seven days streaks 14 days streaks up to in, uh, almost infinity and wow. it's like a game so if you have let's say very small goals like drinking water you can have that goal You can, eight times a day you can you can uh, you know, you can playfully reminder. check it off, get a reminder, check it off. And if you get to the eight times, it becomes golden. Like you Aww. have you know, your little badge there. And uh, it, it's just very playful now. And it, the idea behind it is to really show people, look, you don't have to have large goals. You can have very small goals that you mm-hmm. achieve and you need reasons to tap yourself on the shoulder and say, "You well done. If that is brushing your teeth, fine Please. you do your goal if that is you know climbing uh, a high mountain that's also fine we're not mm-hmm. comparing
1: here right.
2: everyone is on their own journey and needs their own streak so the streak cold streak experience the goal experience is new and and it's a lot of fun um and then you can also prioritize and rearrange whatever um, goals you have and we all know that checking off goals on a regular basis and and checking your like blogging your mood uh-huh. does make you feel better we have signal we have data that this is the case so if we get people to just do little things but continuously they will see over time that their anxiety resides that their mood gets more stable or improves and so we want to make it really easy for people to to have this goal experience and and, and have many reasons to tap themselves on the shoulder and okay. then you know yeah. You know, uh, mm-hmm. since we spoke uh, a few ugly things have happened like you know Uvalde happened and shootings happened and um you feel so powerless in that moment. Can I ask, so,
0: can I ask really quickly is Uvalde something that's felt around the world?
2: It is. Okay. Uh, but it's felt it's felt much more it's felt in the u.s so right. people reacted so we can we can measure anxiety mm-hmm. and uh, people especially in california you could you could see a high spike of, of anxiety setting again especially among young people uh, because of school so i translated the whole app to spanish you know it took me Aww. a couple of nights but it was the only thing that i felt i could do you know i i can't be there you know that you can't It's such a tragedy and it will probably reoccur. But the worst for me really was that it it hit, you know, the Latino community um, proportionally high. And, you know, these kids all had um, uh, Latin uh, Spanish names. And yeah, it just yeah, it just it was really, really, really uh, tragic. Right. Really tragic. And, you know, I, I was taught to do something to, you know, get going. And so we translated it in Spanish. It's not perfect yet, uh, of course, but it'll be perfect soon so that people can use it because the app is, as you know, it's completely free and it's anonymous. And I think even if people speak English, but they feel like they want to, you know, uh, voice record or video record their date or thoughts in their mother tongue, they should be able to do so. Yeah. So that's what we did and uh that's what's new uh, i think there's other things the tiny little things we did some videos and we've got a new ambassador a, a, a wonderful lady from california 20 years old uh who's into mental health and mindfulness and everything So you'll see a lot coming your way now, and we're very happy to, yeah, to get going. There's much more downloads now. There's people writing to us, hey, thank you. You really saved me. My panic attack is much better now that I have ear kick and, you know, I can sleep better due to the ambience mixer. And that just makes it so worth, you know, every time I, I post it in the general channel for the team to see. And to just know that even though people are anonymous, we can't reach out to them. We don't know who they are. But sometimes you hear from the other side of the world, you hear a voice going, Thank you guys. You know, uh, thank you for doing this. Please, please keep up the good work. I
0: had no idea. Just... I had no idea that was even something available. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: That I didn't know that it, it existed. Some friend shared it with me, or you know, I saw it in the app store, and oh, this is so cool. And you know, right. just wanted to tell you guys. So that's gold. You can't pay. You can't pay that experience, right? Isn't
0: that amazing of, of
2: knowing that you're helping people.
0: I'll yeah. share. I'll share little comments that we get you know with Jeffrey and he'll be like that's so amazing and it isn't it isn't like the the almost two million subscribers we care about or the listens that we get it's those comments that are like do you really think that because now I can't stop thinking that (laughs) (laughs)
2: well yeah I mean you know that people listen to what you you you're saying or doing when they quote you and when they uh, engage rather than just giving you a thumbs up right
0: right I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say thank you for listening to Public Access America. Come back for our Thursday episode because it's going to be more of this, and we're going to be talking about interesting stuff about mental health and well-being. So find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. For our disabled listeners, check out Victor Reader, Audible, or Amazon Music as always. And check out our live streams on Sunday mornings. I wouldn't, but go ahead and do it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: to those who are
3: We will defeat you. This is our moment.
0: This is our our time.
3: To those who seek peace and security, security. we support support you. you. Yes, we can. And to
1: all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns,
3: nasty place, and I don't place, care how don't tough, care tough you are, it, it will beat you to your knees and you keep you there permanently if, let if you let it. You, or nobody, nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask, ask, not ask not what your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be dirt by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a, a depression. depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done.
0: Welcome welcome. to Public Access public, America. America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams streams on YouTube. YouTube.
3: I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad.
0: On Twitter.
3: Twitter. Twitter,
0: Apple Podcasts. Podcasts, Stitcher Stitcher, Smart Radio radio, radio, Public. And and Spotify. Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in in the making. Making history history in the making.